0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Urban Spirituality with your host Prash K. And I am super happy to have somebody who I'm pretty sure you've not heard of, but I really, really think you're going to like what she has to say. Somebody who I think is a little bit of a, you ever seen that movie Saving Private Ryan? And you know, he goes through all those adversities, right? Tom, Tom Hanks. I think this is our female Private Ryan. This is our female Tom Hanks right here. She's a fighter. She's an overcomer. And she's 5,000 miles away in sunny Orlando, Florida. But we have her right here on our show. She's the award-winning CEO of two successful companies in Orlando, Florida, a dedicated and long-standing practitioner of the amazing art of bhakti yoga which dates back over 5000 years she's rubbed shoulders with some celebrities in her work and she's an up and coming social media vlogger sharing her authentic life experience and wisdom with the world i'm so excited to introduce you to the lovely rupini springer namaste rupini Ooh, namaste. what's up girl what's up
1: I'm doing excellent. I'm doing really well.
0: How are you doing? I'm doing good. All the better for having this chat because you, I think most of the time you and I have liaised with each other. You always have this smile. It's kind of like you make, you make my cheekbones hurt, you know, cause you're always smiling. So I, I can't help but smile and you know what I, you know, and I think, you know, this subject and this, you know, we're going to talk about overcoming and for such a heavy, difficult subject, which I think most, most of us watching or listening to this can relate to adversity, challenge, and hardship in life. And for you to be smiling, despite having gone through so much, I think it's testimony to your attitude. There's something that you're doing. It's either that, or it's something in your water, but one way or the other, we want to know it's more. The <laughs> <It's the brain>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. So you can't close them, it's the braces. All right, Rupes, listen, Rupi, you go, where do we start? I mean, oh, what a journey. Take us back a few years. Tell us a little bit about Rupi's uh, background, because you haven't always, like, you're not, you're not native, kind of born in America, kind of, but you have Swedish. Tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, totally. So actually, I'm from Sweden. Uh, my mom is Dominican. My dad is Swedish. I grew up in Sweden. Um, we ended up moving to England to go to school, and then I moved to America in the year 2000. Um, I'm living in Orlando here in Florida um, for the past eight years now. I'm a full-time photographer here, um, and um, I love living here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I actually moved from New York. So I feel like I'm more of a New Yorker, but yeah, I'm in Florida. <laughs>
0: It's a it's it's a, it's a bit of a change of pace, right? From New York, New York, Definitely. over to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. You yeah, got to yeah. take I things down me. a couple of notches over there.
1: I know, I know, totally. It's it's a nice change though, because I travel a lot, so having it nice and peaceful and quiet here, it's like wonderful for me.
0: Okay, so that's good. So, okay, uh, early early years in Sweden. Then you move to the states. Uh, And somehow or other, you've kind of got into this line of work, and we're going to delve into some of the hardships that you faced and how you landed back on your feet and, you know, landed on something. I don't think you even expected to land into this kind of field of photography, and now you're kind of doing stuff that you love. So there's a little journey there. So um, we got to get into that a little bit. Um, But before we do that... it's been a long one. It's been a long... (laughs) What's all this stuff about bhakti yoga? What's this bhakti yoga stuff? What is bhakti yoga? I mean, I think most of our viewers, listeners out there will understand yoga. And I guess most people think of yoga as the stuff they see in the gyms and in the studios and kind of folding palms and doing orms. And maybe those who are a little bit more advanced might, see, might dis- uh, distinguish between ashtanga and vinyasa and raj yoga and all these. But bhakti yoga, elaborate for us.
1: Yeah, so bhakti yoga is, is a path of uh, love and devotion. Um, it's really what attracted me. It's really about uh, worshiping divinity through a very personal relationship. And it's about okay. developing that personal relationship through going inwards and through service to others and that's what really appealed to me because I remember being a a small child I was always very very spiritual I remember being like six years old and going on my bathroom every night I would go on my bathroom floor I would close the door and I would cry and I would say God reveal yourself to me like this was me as a little kid I was like a total little yogi my parents thought I was the weirdest thing ever (laughs) I was born um so when i came to this i just uh, i i really connected with that because i'm a person and and we love relationships with that it's that personal care and connection so so and i feel like we can have that with divinity and i've tested this so many times in my life and i just feel like wow you know when we really have that faith and that god is a person um it's like he reciprocates so nicely and and so that's the that's the path of bhakti yoga
0: and let me ask you, can, can you be any religion or maybe not necessarily even follow any religion, just like spiritual and still embrace bhakti yoga?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever names we have for God, it, there's so many names. That's the beauty of God. He's not like us where we're so confined to one appearance, one look, one name. God has many names. He's everything. He's everything. So what can he not be? Um, so yeah, I feel like it, it could be applied to any religion. Uh, it's just the path of developing a personal relationship with our
0: creator. And you've not, although you've been interested in it at, it's from a young age, it's something that's developed with time, right? It's a process that you followed. I know you've taken it seriously because you, if I'm not mistaken, you have actually accepted a mentor, a spiritual mentor, a guru, as one would call. And that you have a guru, a, 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 a spiritual equivalent of Mr. Miyagi throughout your whole life <laughs> guiding you is that right <laughs> and and
1: i do i do and
0: does your guru feature has your guru played a part in your uh, overcoming in your evolution and helping you where you are now
1: absolutely absolutely i think um guru is um a spiritual teacher who you have to have a very high level of faith in and um for him, he's been there through all of my craziness. I mean, uh, from quitting my job and, uh, you know, making uh, really good money and just quitting my job to be a total floater, just traveling for a year on my own, not having a career. He was the one who told me, you know, become a photographer. I mean, that was just such a random thing. And then weeks later, I bought a camera. Just having that faith and that guidance. He's helped me through everything. Even everything that I've gone through has always been there for me and very encouraging. So I, I he... He is why I'm I'm where I am now. I truly believe in that.
0: Okay, well let me ask you this. What do you regard as your mission in life now? What 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 gets Rapini out of bed? What gets her doing what she does? What do you regard as your life's work, your life's purpose here and now?
1: Um, I think my mission is to become the best person that I can be. I believe that in order for me to have a really big external mission, I feel like I need to become what I want to see in others. And so for me, my mission has always been my self-improvement. How can I be a better person? How can I be more compassionate? How can I live by example? Um, how can I get up out of bed and practice what I preach, you know? And right. I feel like, that has always worked for me so well because when there's sincerity there and you're really just trying to work on yourself and not so much worrying about what other people are doing and how they're doing it. I feel like that's when God gives you a grace and ability to empower others. And so I feel like right now that's kind of like what's happening with me. I feel like I'm just living my truth and by living my truth somehow or other, I'm inspiring other people. And that was just like, that was just a cherry on the cake, you know? So I think eventually who knows what could happen, but, um, if, Keep doing what I'm doing now and just get better as a person. That's really my mission. I mean, I came alone and I'm gonna leave alone. So I'm focusing on this space right now.
0: Right. I, I like that. And 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 I, I want I wanna I wanna get you to open up and share some of that wisdom for the benefit of everybody who's tuned in here. So let's start by talking about overcoming. What what do you what do we mean? What is your definition of overcoming and hardships and the things that come with that. Give us a little bit of a frame of reference in your view.
1: I think that overcoming is just living life with its ups and downs with full faith that everything is happening for you. Um, I feel like, um, you know, we're all going to have traumas. We're all going to have people dying in our families. We're all going to have different things and we're all going to have joys. And I feel like going through that with a strength, uh, a spiritual vision on why things are happening, and also a belief that things are happening for a reason. I think that we can overcome anything. Overcome just basically means passing through it without becoming super damaged. You know, we have to really uh, hone in on our inner strength and our connection to divinity. And when we're going through those things, we all will have faith and say, okay, what is happening? Why is it happening? And it's going to pass. Because I have full faith that whatever is happening right now is for my betterment. What can I learn from this? I believe that that's overcoming. That's how you see everyone that's in a spiritual path, even the most famous Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa. I mean, they all went through hell. Why do people right. go through hell? You know, and I feel like they have been carved at to become who they are. They've been carved out all the layers of greed, fault, uh taking a, you know, uh taking things for granted, all of these little subtle energies that we have, I think that pain and suffering really like just peels it off. Because we become like we become like naked. You know, mm. it's one of the things that I love to say is like embrace the helplessness. You know, embrace, embrace. the helplessness. During that time, I feel like these moments of like helplessness, they they're so full rich with potential.
0: Can you give me an example of that? I really like that phrase, embrace the helplessness. But let me tell you my problem with that. Um, Maybe some of you can relate out there. My problem with that is that, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to embrace the helplessness. They don't like the feeling of helplessness. The, 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 The feeling of helplessness is obviously a uncomfortable feeling for most people. And the human tendency is to undo the helplessness, to Quash the helplessness, to dissolve it, to somehow become empowered. Right, it's the opposite of helplessness. And yet here you are presenting quite an unorthodox view, and I'm, you know, I'm compelled. Give me an example how one might embrace helplessness in the scenario.
1: Well, I mean, okay, I'll give you one example. My husband, as you know, he passed away from cancer. This is a situation I cannot change it. And when I, when I mean embrace the, um, embrace the helplessness. I don't mean to just say, "Oh, you know, just do whatever you want to me." It's more of a feeling of surrender, surrendering to God's plan because if we're, you know, I truly believe that God has a plan for all of us. And um, our, you know, why do things happen to us? So, embracing the helplessness is not about just falling and crashing and 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 burning from it, but it's to really uh become surrendered to the process of life i mean most of these Mm -hmm. things are going to happen to everyone like death for example if we think about it it's just as natural as birth you know so we can either say oh i hate why this is happening to me i hate um you know i lose faith or uh this is not fair you have to empower yourself And you have to say, you know what, I'm a spiritual being, I'm eternal, I'm on this journey, and I have full faith that God is doing everything exactly how he wants it. And that gives us a level of empowerment and surrender, because now we're not responsible for everything. We give all the responsibility to God, and we trust in him, and we say, you know what, this is my journey, and I embrace it. Give me the lessons that I need to learn from it. Because if I'm going through a lot of painful things and I'm not learning anything from it, then I have just completely wasted that experience. And who knows, you know, I, 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 it's an invaluable experience. Because I think trauma gives you the most lessons out of all the things that can happen to You, so you can become either you can become so strong from it, and that's where I feel like I, I didn't know how strong I was until all of the crap i've gone through happened to me and then i'm like wow you know what god i surrender to your plan just as long wow. as you don't let me in you that was my thing so i helplessness is not about oh my god i can't do anything it's about taking back your power and knowing that everything is happening for a reason oh, and geez. this is god's plan and i think that that's yeah and that's a, just a level of surrender because what can we do we can't change it anyway right there's a lot of change. if you can change it, by all means change it. But there's a lot of things in life that we just cannot change at that very moment.
0: Okay, I, I, I agree. So, and let me replay that. I guess what you're saying is you can actually empower yourself by trusting in a higher plan. So if you're not, you're not seeing, you're, you're, what you're saying is you're inviting here us to reframe our conception of helplessness. That seeing it as something that is an opportunity for us to learn to trust in a higher plan, to surrender to a higher cause. That's what we're saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So h- help us out here. How can somebody do that? If they've maybe they don't believe in God, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they, 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 they hate God, um, or maybe they just don't know how to surrender or, Who to surrender to?
1: I think that one way is to, you know, I I feel like you're a product of your environment. So Hmm. if you're feeling broken and hopeless and you're not believing in the process of life, I feel like the best way to do that is to be around people that inspire you. We all have, we are Okay, listen, if we're a part and part of God, if God created us, even every religion says the same thing, we're created in God's image. And we have so immense power in each and every one of us. And the way to tap into that is that we need to shut off the externals for a minute, and we mm-hmm. need to go deep inside, because there's a whole universe inside of us. That's why meditation is so important, silence, stillness. And I think that if we can develop our intuition, then we can navigate through our difficulties much, much more easier than just Go with the punches you know and i think even if you if you don't believe in the higher power i think there's something inside of you uh, can empower yourself and sometimes it takes to change and shift our environment so that we have that facility to do that to be able to get inspired by other people I mean that's really when I went through a lot of stuff I mean it's really hard to be very positive when you're in the midst of going through something but the, the thing that helped me the most was just surrounding myself with people that had the knowledge they gave me affirmation that made me feel like there's hope um, when I didn't feel it myself you know, and I think that that's so important to have like a community of like-minded people that maybe think a little bit beyond just this temporary body and, and you know, what's going on. We're on a, on a planet in the middle of the universe. I mean, that's really far out there. So these ideas are not very far out there if you think about it, right? So uh, being around a good environment, I think that that is something that can help you a lot emotionally and mentally if you're going through trauma, even if you're not specifically have a set belief in something.
0: I like that. I guess what you're saying is that is empowering. That is you 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 you're empowering yourself when the mo- just when you think you're helpless. You need to we need to remind ourselves that we have the capability to change the company or the environment that we keep. That environment may be the living environment, it may be the environment that we keep or the company that we keep or it may be just the environment in terms of the music that we listen to the tv programs that we watch it's all part of our external environment and i guess what you're saying by extension you know when you say people i'm kind of reading between the lines but i'm guessing what you're saying is you've got to upgrade your environment what you, you can't keep listening. Hey, listen, to the we, are we, we are what we eat we, we are, are what we, we eat what we totally right right so like i remember when i you know um you know, I was, Um, I remember when I went through um, my kind of biggest breakup in my 20s, I just kept listening to Tony Braxton and a whole ton of sad love songs. And so I was filling myself and I was feeding my misery. I was feeding my misery. And I I guess if I look back, had I changed the record, literally, because there were records back in those days, had I changed the record, then I may have lifted my mood. So if that can be so true for something as simple as that and with food, then what if you were to upgrade the company? If you started to hang around people who were more positive, whether that be people that you already know, or maybe you need to be a little bit bolder. And I I know you're going to go there in a second. So I'll let you take the audience there. Maybe you need to upgrade the company and go to places where people who are of a uplifting or spiritual or philosophical nature hang out maybe. And, I guess that's kind of what you did in your life. You, you, As you embraced this path of bhakti yoga, you started hanging around with more spiritual folk. Is, is, is that even a thing? And is that true? And did that help you?
1: Absolutely. Um, I actually um, discovered uh, about the bhakti yoga process uh, when I was 17 years old. And at that time, I was a little bit of a rebel, you could say. I mean, mm. I was really i was in a death metal band i played guitar and i was completely directionless although wow. i always was like a
0: vegetarian like, a vegetarian rock um metal hardcore metal I loving really like,
1: i always say if i could become a spiritual person then there's hope for everybody because oh man i was literally like brought 40s to high school i'm not even lying like i was really bad And um, I always cut school and, but I always had, uh, I always knew there was something more, you know, and I was just waiting for that to happen. It's a weird description, but I was just waiting. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have a feeling, okay, something might happen, you know? And that was like me, my whole like high school, Life until I met the devotees, and um, and they, you know, I was really against it. That's the funny part. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, I want to hear about it. Don't preach to me. I'm, I would say, whoever it is, I would say the opposite. I'm Christian, I'm Catholic, I'm Jewish, not, you know, yeah, just to get
0: rid of them, right?
1: Yeah, and um, but um, but yeah, it just uh, the process given, I think, was life changing for me, and um, and it really it just automatically purified me to the point where I just kind of got rid of the drinking, got rid of the smoking. And I just wanted to find out like, who am I? You know, what, who am I? And all of the things that happened to in in my life, I've had a crazy life and I'm only 32 years old. I'm going to be 33 everything accumulating to pushing me even further into the bhakti path because I became so tired of everything, tired of my mind, tired of my suffering, tired of people that weren't serving me. And I just did like a major renovation, kind like of engineering kind of thing. And I just gave it my all. And it was the best decision I've made.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's proof that you're able to upgrade your environment. There has to be sufficient willpower to do it and a sufficient reason to do it. And I guess what you're saying is that if you, want to reduce the amount of suffering that you have on the one hand you embrace what you're going through but if you want to um if you want to keep that journey from being a long one then you've got to play a part in that you've got to upgrade the company that you keep you've got to make that change is kind of what you're saying so i get that tell me about so let's get a little deeper tell us about um i mean you lost your husband to cancer and you know that was hard as it is. I know you've had through. You've had to go through some other challenging times. Would you care to elaborate on perhaps another um, time in your life where you've had a very difficult time, and maybe any particular and methodologies or processes you used to overcome that particular hardship, and any epiphanies that you had along the way.
1: Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Sweden. Um, my mom was single, uh, single mom to my sister. She was always studying. She was always super busy. My dad was a raging alcoholic. He was extremely abusive to my mom. And so they separated. He actually ended up committing suicide uh, when I was 14 years old. Wow. Um, I moved around as a kid, so I never had consistent friends. Like, I just, you know, changed environment constantly from a small village in, in Sweden to the capital to England to America. I mean, I just kind of was all over. So I never had like long standing deep connections. So I felt very alone and extremely insecure. Totally get that. Um,
0: yeah, that's so hard. Yeah, I mean, you don't I, have solid attachments and yeah, a solid family connection, you know, with ties yeah, of friends. Or- I just,
1: You know, I didn't have, I didn't have a regular life like most people did, you know, and I always envied that, you know, family and all these things. And uh, when I moved to America, I ended up in the Bronx of all places in New York, which is like really ghetto, right? Let's just be real. It's a ghetto school. I felt unsafe every day of my life being there. And um, and I was just very, very insecure. I was really overweight. I was really bullied. I had pink hair and I was just, people just bullied me to death at school to the point where I went and knocked on my teacher's lunch cafeteria and I said I don't have any friends can I just sit with you guys and so I would go every day and I would sit with my teachers and eat because I didn't really have any friends and um and I failed school I failed all of my classes I went to summer school every year of my high school all right and I failed that too and um and I remember when I was told I wasn't graduating you know I just like cried because I felt so stuck I'm gonna be in this environment for the rest of my life why is this like why am I here you know right and uh yeah, and I was so lost. So I just went to my school teachers, and I had like developed a relationship with them by being in the cafeteria all the time. And I just told them, please, you know, I have terrible eyesight. I, I but first of all, I'm almost legally blind. Okay, it's weird that I'm a photographer, but my eyesight was so bad that I could never see anything in the board. And when the class was finished, I would run to the schoolroom to copy the board because I didn't want anyone to see me do it. And so I pretty much failed all of my classes because I just couldn't see anything. And I was so insecure. Do you imagine So insecure, you can't even tell. You can't even... You're afraid to admit that you can't see. You thought so it I was your teacher, problem some see.
0: kind of sin or crime.
1: Yeah, my I thought something I did, I'm completely defective. You know, I'm just a defective human being. And, um, and my, I begged my Big teacher I said, to please, please change my grade. Yeah, I just said, please change my grade. I don't want to be here forever. I want to be a business owner. I'm not planning on going to college. You know, just please something and I remember one of my uh, math teachers told me he was an older gentleman he said you know he looked at me and said you know I can get in so much trouble if anyone finds out about this but I have so much belief in you you're way ahead of your years and I'm going to change your grade so that you can graduate and get out of here and I remember like he saved my life you know and so wow. I was able to graduate. Yeah, I didn't go to my graduation. I was too embarrassed. Obviously I didn't earn it, but, um, and I went straight into real estate and I, I killed it in real estate. I started 17 years old. I was working illegally for a Jewish real estate company, showing apartments. I was like a, such a hustler at a young age, you know, awesome. and, um, and until I, and then I got my real estate license and I started working uh, for a big uh, real estate investor for eight years. And I remember, so depleted and so tired. I had a beautiful dormant building in Brooklyn, and I just went home one day, and I just looked up in the ceiling. I had my shoes on, everything, and I just started bawling. I just started crying, and I said, I hate my life. I don't have time to do anything, and when I do have the time, I'm so exhausted that I can't even do anything. My life was just working, so that at that point, I just have, had an epiphany, and I just said, I need to change my life right now. And I'm one of those extreme persons that either I go all out or I don't go at all. Like, I have to do everything. I have to change everything. That I can't, like, gradually do things, you know? It just doesn't work for me. So I just sat there and I said, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to go traveling for one year. And this was the beginning of having really personal conversations with God. Because I told him that day, I said, I'm going to have full faith in you for one year. One year. I'm wow. going to put all of my faith in you. You do what." Ever you want for me wherever I need to go whatever I need to do show wow. me the way I'm not gonna have any plan. I'm just gonna book random tickets I end up in Poland in England all over America and I had no plan and I didn't know anyone so I was soloing it for one you're year my whole family thought I was great. yeah yeah Incredible. my family even my guru oh my god you're gonna be by yourself you know but I just had to do that I had to put all of my faith in, in knowing that I can change everything in my life if I really want to, I know it takes a lot of courage to do it, and I wanted to experience that courage because I felt like I was I had been stuck for so long. And so when I did that, it was the best experience ever because somehow or other I found a home, I found a program, I got invited places, I got invited to Europe, I got you know everything just fell into place through a spiritual path, which is what I wanted, you know, and it was not until the far end of that trip that I met my husband. One week before my return ticket to New York, I was going to move back into my mom's house. Can you imagine a daughter, like, you know, really well off, corporate, I used to wear a suit every day to becoming like a hippie. I had like a knot in my hair. Like, yeah, because I was just free, you know, and uh, it was then I met my husband and we got married uh, six months later. And then um, we went to India together, and my spiritual master, he said, you know, what are you guys going to do? And at that time, like, I wasn't doing anything. So he told me, you know, he said, become a photographer. You know, I want you to become the best photographer. And he told me, and I was so confused. Here I am, I am in India, the most sacred place, and I'm getting an instruction. I was thinking, like, become, like, you know, just do the monk thing. Or just, like, become, you know, do this practice. And he's telling me, like, to become a photographer. So I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm so fallen. This is the type of instruction that I get.
0: No. But, but All right, but I believed in him. And I, you believed in him, and well, fast forward. I
1: believe. Fast forward. I didn't know that I needed to become a photographer because my husband was gonna die four years later, and I needed to take over that business. Because at that time, I was just thinking, okay, my, my, my husband was into photography. I can just manage and help him because I'm really good with business. And um, so I was just kind of helping him out, doing the emails, all that stuff. We didn't really have much plan. And um, now, I it just, it, when my husband got sick and he was, you know, I was told he's gonna die. It just hit me that my spiritual master or my guru really knew. Like, if I hadn't listened to that, where would I have been? I probably would have lost the entire business at that point. You know, right. if I don't know photography, I'm gonna own a photography business. You know, yeah. and so it's just amazing. You know, when you have a lot of faith, I think faith us so far, you know, and I I think you when, when everything happened with my husband, I mean, I had so much epiphany. And then I realized too, that all of the trauma that I went through, I don't think any life experience has ever changed me as much as that. And my spiritual master told me later, he said, you have gone through things that people don't learn until they're 70 years old. And you have to see that as a blessing in many ways, because you know, you're a little bit now more stronger, more knowledgeable, and you can really take that and help other people. And it just, you know, it hit me because yeah, I mean, I went through hell and back. I mean, let me tell you, that was the most difficult thing you ever have to go through. And you know, you never experience it. And not one time, for some reason, not one time did I ever think, why me? Why me? Instead, I always thought, this is happening. What, can I learn about it? What kind of stones in my heart right now need to be pulverized? Because obviously I'm going through shit, hell, sorry, I don't know if you can say that. I'm going through hell and, and, you know, I need to, I need to figure out why I'm going through this. It's not because, you know, you're bad and this and that. I I need to learn about myself. Maybe I take my husband for granted. Maybe I take life for granted. Maybe I need to become, uh, you know, something, maybe I need to find inner strength and and purpose. And I, I had all of these, things you know really resonate and marinate my heart and i it changed me forever and i can't it's like it's like the, the craziest thing to go through but at the same time like the most enriching experience in terms of like spirituality
0: that is so beautiful yeah you, you you changed a why me into a what can i learn from this kind of that was your that was your switch you know yeah. you, you went from a victim yeah. mindset to a student mindset right you, you changed from the victim to the student and the student learns, the student recognizes things happen and you did. And here you are to stand and tell the tale. I, I love that. Um, tell us, tell us your, your top two or three or four strategies or tools then that you would like our listeners, our viewers to take away. What can they start doing? We've talked about faith. Perhaps you can elaborate on that. What can we practically start doing? And what mind shifts or environment shifts can we start doing?
1: I think the first thing is develop your intuition. We all have that inner voice that speaks to us, and we're so used to kind of mix it with all the other voices going on. And I think that if we can develop our intuition, whether that's through silencing the mind, being in the now, practicing being right here at this very moment, um, having a spiritual practice, prayer, meditation is amazing. We can start developing uh our intuition where that voice becomes just a little louder. And instead of a a voice talking, it becomes a very urgent feeling, a sense. And it might not feel be the most comfortable thing to do at that time, but our intuition will know, okay, this is what I need to do. And I think developing our intuition is so important for any spiritual practice. And I I feel like we're so powerful inside that if we have that direct connection, our path would be so much more clearer. And it would also be much more easier because now we believe, and this is the right decision for me. I know it because my intuitive my soul everything is screaming for me to do it and when you have that you become just a little bit less fearless i mean you become more fearless in whatever decisions you make so i would say definitely try to develop your intuition your inner okay. voice love that that's one thing. yeah and, and also explore you know the there's lessons in everything and mm-hmm. i feel like We go through things and we can really stop for a second with anything. It could be a fight with a friend. It could be, you know, you didn't get that job. Or it could be, just try, take a minute. And instead of stopping the emotions that you're feeling, try and think, what can I learn from this? Do I need to do be a little bit smarter? Do I need to not invest my emotions so much into something that I don't know is going to happen or not? Do I need to maybe shift my focus into something? Maybe this happened because my purpose is this way, not this way. You know, we have to try and and see and, and, and pray also. We can pray, you know, reveal why this is happening to me. And you can reveal that through your intuition or some message or uh, different ways. But I say, you know, what can I learn from this is the best thing. And understand that life is meant for growth. I it's like meant that. for us to grow, you
0: really know. And like so, that.
1: um yeah, yeah life thing. is meant for growth. Whether they're going great or bad, everything can. be It's very hard. It's a little harder to grow when you're very happy. I can tell you that and from my own experience. When I'm happy, there's very little growth going on, except for I'm just very happy and pleasant. But when I'm going through a lot of hard things, that's when I start. I, I start shifting gear and start thinking less about what's externally and more about what internally.
0: You, you know, know, I, I you am say you, that that's so powerful because i remember in the um the mahabharat and for those of you who are not familiar with the mahabharat the mahabharata is one of the oldest recorded histories on the planet over 5000 years old manuscript which which charts the activities of great royal dynasties and some of the challenges that they went through and it's supposed to be a Analogy and an anecdotal voice for generations and millennia for us to learn from. And I remember one of the central figures, Kunti, the queen. Uh, her, her 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 five sons. Some they were people tried to kill them, abandon them, chop their hands off, uh, steal everything that they belonged. They just went through countless suffering. And I remember uh, there's a verse in the Mahabharata where Kunti says she she turns to Um, The central figure to divinity and she says, please let more suffering come don't stop the suffering because it's in the suffering that i'm growing and through the suffering i'm getting closer to my pure spiritual essence and it's through the suffering that i'm able to really embrace my true nature and i want that for all of us what a profound thing everybody would want to say hey i don't want more suffering but she's like no bring it on bring it on because i grow when i suffer. How beautiful um, is that?
1: That's so amazing. I mean, the thing is that we all learn at different levels, right? Some people learn by just watching someone else go through something and they learn, okay, I'm not supposed to do that. And then there's other people that are a little bit more stubborn like myself, I I feel. I have to go through something in order for me to see, oh, okay, this is really, now I because I have to experience it. I'm one of those people, you know? And I, I feel like, you know, everything that i've gone through i have to say a little prayer of thank you for god because i wouldn't be who i am today and i can tell you that i've had a big transformation since i was 20 21 years old i'm two completely different people and that's in part because of everything i went through when i was going through it of course you don't see it at that moment at all you just you don't see it that's why you need good association around you people that lift you up and brings you up they lift
0: you up but yeah later on, not
1: later on you will see it. If you keep your faith, you'll be like, oh, okay. You know, I kind of understand, you know, okay. My husband passed away. I'm going to pass away too. I realized that now I was living, like I was going to live forever. No, I need to change today. I don't have a lot of time. I need to do the things I want to do today. I didn't have that mindset before. Later, anytime I can do it later. And I realized so fragile, my husband, there, gorgeous, handsome, tall, beautiful, completely crippled, completely sick out of nowhere. You know, so you start thinking, okay, to to think that i'm going to live in this body forever is one of the biggest illusions in this material world which is the only reason we procrastinate we don't do the things we want and we don't change because if we really knew that listen the time is not ticking it's our life that's ticking time is always going to be there it's our life that's ticking if we don't know for real okay i need to change now you know if we don't have a a concept that we are going to die i think it's one of the biggest illusions in the world
0: wait a minute (laughs) hey wait a second Going to tell us that story real quick, real quick, and mindful of time, didn't you do an awesome video, um, a vlog, a motivational video, where you related the incident of the ancient king Yudhishthira from that book, the Mahabharata, 5,000 years ago? And there was something about his brothers being poisoned, and, and he is get he gets asked the question, and the epiphany question is that, that um.
1: I mean, it's nobody it's dies. What was that thing, I, real
0: quick? What was that thing? Tell us, tell us, tell us.
1: Yeah, it's, a long story. it's a long, long story. I remember the video was like 12 minutes. I think it's the longest one. But the, you know, he was asked, What is the most amazing thing in this world? In this, this world,
0: is- world, right? What's the most, and he was like considered one of the most wisest people on the planet, right? King Yudhishthira, over 5,000 years ago. Uh, the
1: king of Dharma. You know, he never spoke a lie ever. And he right. was asked, challenging question because at that point his brothers have been poisoned and uh, this being said i will revive your brothers if you can answer this if
0: you can answer question. this question yeah
1: yeah what is the most wondrous thing is the word
0: wondrous thing and he okay
1: about it for a minute and he said, the fact that every day people are dying every minute every day but we never fully realize that it's gonna happen to us you know, And that is the greatest thing. And that is the biggest thing I learned because I was so faced with my immortality. I remember when my husband passed away, I couldn't sleep. For weeks, because I just kept thinking, "Oh my God, when am I gonna die? When am I gonna die? Like, what am I gonna do? What have I done? I haven't done anything. I haven't helped anyone. I haven't like I was so like in my mind. I mean, this is like a spiritual, you know, spiritual people are like this, right? They start thinking. It's like I call it like spiritual insecurity. We just start thinking about, "Oh my God, what can I do? And I really have to shift myself. Okay, listen, I'm not a giving person. I, you know, I don't thank my mom enough. I don't. I, I take things for granted. What I have, it's a gift. My 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 car, everything is a gift. I've been I've been loaned it by the creation. I need to be thankful for everything I have. My little problems that I have in my mind are so minute to everything that's going on in the world. People are literally dying this very moment. And I am complaining about this person at work spoke spoke trash about me, or this person didn't book me because they cheated me, or this and that. These things are so minute. They're not even problems. If you look in the pure perspective of our timeline here on earth and our mission, what we're supposed to do here, which is become better. Everything that we're going through so that we can become better. It's like God is the most kindest teacher. He gives us exactly what we need, even if we hate it. Just like a parent might punish us and all of these things, and we don't like it. But God is so kind. He will always be there and will guide us through it. And if we can go through it with faith, I think that we come out way more stronger than we can ever imagine. I remember seeing I'm hmm. so strong. I had no idea. I had no idea my faith was so high. I thought I okay I have faith, but when you're going through it, you have to like in the stillness, you have to be like, okay, what do I really believe? You know, because it's 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 easy to like have like a philosophy and you know, out there I believe in this and that. But when things are happening to you and you really have to hone yes. in on what you truly really believe in, you start realizing where you lack and where you your gains are. You know?
0: That's really so- powerful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is profound. So I want to I want to I want to wrap up with a couple of rapid fire questions. It's kind of the Uh-oh. fun part that I really like. So we've talked a lot about some powerful stuff. Um, I want to I want to I want to scratch. I want to dig underneath the surface and find out your three three routines or daily habits that you have to do every single day that okay. make part of your day.
1: All right, that doesn't include eating, right? <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Talk about the other thing. So, um, I do meditation every day. Um, I do mantra meditation specifically. Okay. my beads and i do this two hours every morning and for me it's my time to just be with divinity i try and really shut out all the noise that's going on in the mind your mind is like a movie constantly playing it's creating dialogues it's creating scenarios it's a big imagination i mean you're thinking about what you can do later where you can wear all this and when all you have is this very moment
0: it's a thought machine the mind just constantly goes
1: It is so bad. And the more you start listening to the mind, you're really like, wow, like I'm really crazy actually because this is like a whole entity like talking, you know? And you become more aware of it the more you do it so you can start shutting it off a little bit. And you can only do it, I can only do it a few minutes at a time, you know? But the more I practice, the, the easier it becomes and you start really noticing it talking so that's one thing I do is my meditation it's also okay. powerful mantra meditation um, the other thing that I do is I have my uh, puja my altar in my home so I always do that every morning like your prayer.
0: personal worship there's a personal yeah. form of devotion and reverence that you
1: yes. practice yeah. so my it's your personal space like a spiritual sanctuary I always say it's like my purity it's my, it's my sanctuary where I feel like it's just clean it's pure and I'm able to really love that connections there. So that's another thing I do. And then the the third thing that I do is I always keep in touch with my my close friends. And all of my friends are minded like me and we share our problems with each other. You know, like it's so important to have that person that you can really share yourself unfiltered with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's great help because they give you a perspective that maybe you didn't really see you know, and I think so having deep spiritual connections with your friends, like right after this, I'm hanging out with my, my best friends, you know, it's so important. And I think we're so busy, trust me, I'm super busy too. But if I don't have that connection, that human communal connection, I feel a little bit isolated, annihilate, annihilated, and I alienated. And I, I don't, I feel like I lose a little bit of that um, that positivity and that hope. I need mm-hmm. to have that around me at all times. Another thing I love to do too is listen to motivational podcasts or speakers. And I just love listening to you spiritual mean. lectures. And I, yeah, and I, I do yeah. that pretty much all, you know, when I'm editing and stuff like that.
0: Awesome. I know you, I know that. And um, I was gonna come to that and uh, share that side of you in a moment. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you were stranded on Necker Island or one of those remote islands of Bora Bora, there was nothing and no one around. What two items would you want to have with you and why?
1: Food and water.
0: <laughs> all right. Easy answer. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Well, what it, oh, wait, a minute, wait a minute. What is all around you? So food and what else?
1: Water. Not salt water. Pure fresh water. Pure fresh water.
0: All right. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah I would. And, um, you know, I mean, I would
0: say cell phone, but what if I don't have reception? Or I could say cell phone and reception. Cell phone then, and reception. All right. Yeah,
1: I'll, cell phone I'll take and cell. reception or okay. food
0: and water. And no camera in sight, but then I guess the cell phones these days have great cameras, so you're kind of going. I know. <laughs> Make
1: sure right. I you know, document my uh, struggle.
0: <laughs> Document your thing. Um, if you could be a superhero mm. and you had a superpower, what would that superpower be and what would you do with it?
1: I would transport myself to other places i think i would love to be able to just go to india without having to take a 20-hour flight to get there and i would just go to so many holy places and everything because i believe travel ushers growth like nothing else and um so i would do
0: that you've lived that so yeah okay yeah. um what would last question what would the what would the what would the rupini the rupee springer sitting in front of us today on this interview what advice would she give to her 20 year old self
1: ah oh, 20 year old self i would say
0: the rock the, the heavy metal you know anti establishment rebel james dean wannabe chick what advice yeah. would Rupi give her i
1: would say girl you got this just have faith and hold in on your faith And things will come, and you can overcome them. Just don't lose your faith.
0: Wow, I love that, girl. You got this, huh? That's such cool advice. People don't realize that
1: we never believe in ourselves. No,
0: right? That's rare.
1: And um, I think that if we believe a little bit more that we're we're definitely a spark of God's creation, then we can maybe see, like, okay, you know, if that's the case, then I am amazing. I really am. I just need to become that.
0: People need that. Yeah. People need to know. So true. And I think this interview right here is a stepping stone in building that confidence and that self-belief in one another. As you said, you've got to embrace your intuition and really develop that intuition so you can ride the waves of suffering because suffering will come. It does. And it, 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 it affects all of us. Hardships do come, but we overcome suffering comes and we overcome. But overcoming requires us to have these skills of patience, of intuition, of acceptance and surrender. I love these keys. Hopefully, that kind of summarizes it for our listeners, viewers. I hope you catching <laughs> catching and making notes. Go on, Rupi.
1: Oh, and one thing I also think is just gratitude. I think that when you express gratitude, everything around you brightens and softens a little bit. Love that. Being grateful, you know, for the little things you do have. You mm-hmm a lot of things that you have yeah
0: right thing. we do that um we do our, on our retreats we do these long gratitude meditations in the morning and we'll probably share some stuff here uh for our respective audiences but absolutely gratitude so talking to gratitude how can we express our gratitude where can we find out more about you i don't know work with you you know um have some business with you where do we sure. people go
1: Facebook page. It's Springer. Um, Instagram, same thing. And then my photography businesses are Lotus Eyes Photography. and Denise Lotus Eyes and- Photography.
0: Great yeah, name.
1: Lotus Eyes Photography. Yeah, that was actually given to me by someone. Used- I used to be called Lotus Eyes. I know. So I was like, oh, Lotus Eyes Photography. Okay, easy enough. And uh, Denise Yonson Photography um, and you can find me online. Connect with me on my Facebook page, which is great. I would love to hear from you guys and Um, help however i can really if you have any questions feel free
0: to send me a message awesome and i want to just say that you know you have your fantastic videos um uh, there's a particularly good one on uh which i found on determination i thought that was excellent and all of that and other videos can be found at the rupini springer facebook page we have the real rupini right here the real rupini is stood up she is Uh and i think uh, i think Rupini, you are a great example of somebody who triumphs, who has triumphed, and whose s- success and ability to overcome has not gone to the head, but gone to the heart. And you live with heart. I feel that. I know when we talk, I feel that. You really do live with heart. It comes across in your videos. It comes across in the care that you have people, with people. And I just hope that you know we can stay connected and do more in our respective ways to serve and enlighten people bit and by bit by, by.
1: A little bit little you know life is beautiful you know life is so beautiful if we can see it for what it is and the care that we have and the universe how it takes care of us life is really really beautiful so i don't try to dwell too much on the negative parts but it happens but just see the beauty of everything i mean it's amazing that we woke up today and we're breathing and we're able to eat and we're able to sleep in our bed and i mean we're so blessed we really are love you that know, that's that's and,
0: The G factor again, the gratitude factor. I love that. Love that. Folks, that's us done here. I want to just part by reminding you if you're enjoying this stuff and you're finding value, enlightenment, and enrichment by listening to each and every one of these powerful interviews with unique guests bringing their craft and wisdom to the door for you, then don't forget to tune in and subscribe and like our podcast. It's Urban Spirituality on iTunes. You'll find it. Just Google Urban Spirituality Prash, P-R-A-S-H, and you will find it on iTunes, on Android and Windows platforms as well, of course. Go ahead, like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Urban Spirituality. Go and like and subscribe and follow what we're doing and support us in making sure we make a great big dent in the media's campaign to massacre our brain, that's what we go to do here, folks. Kind of going crazy and rhyming here a little bit, but hey, we people say, uh, are you, um, are, are you brainwashed? I'm like, wait a minute, everybody's brainwashed because guess what? We have a guru in our house, it's called the one eyed guru. The TV that damn thing is brainwashing most of us all damn day, and now they're on the phone.
1: I am watching my brain that's exactly what i'm doing thank you for noting because that's exactly what i'm doing I'm right there of all of the the dirty things that are in there and trying to allow something clean yeah you're right
0: yeah we've got to transmute right yeah there you go girl see so (laughs) folks please make a deliberate effort like our itunes urban spirituality podcast go find it urban spirituality prashke like it check out all the backlog of episodes there's some awesome stuff there Share this with your friends and YouTube. Don't forget to like the Mantra Therapy page on Facebook. Show a little love. We're on Insta as well. And let us continue. There'll be loads more to come. Thank you so much for all for tuning in. We'll try and get back to the questions, comments as we can. Loads of love. From me, Prashke. Peace out, Rapini. Take a bow, girl. Namaste.